Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Business Success. I am so excited to have Danielle Greenspan on the show today. She uses she, her pronouns, and she identifies as a cis queer woman. So Danielle is a therapist that specializes working with the LGBTQ plus polyamorous and kinky communities. She also works with relationships, family, and children. Danielle, welcomes to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about your queer journey. Um, I came out as gay when I was 17 and in high school. Mm-hmm. My best friend and I just happened to slowly develop a relationship and then realize that we were in a relationship. And it was one of those things that I think I expected to have a lot of support from my parents and my family because of how they outwardly talked about queer people and inclusion and understanding. And I found like a lot of people that I work with is that when it ends up being your own child or your own family member, it feels really different to a lot of parents and families. I experienced a lot of difficulty navigating my relationship with my parents when I was a teenager after I came out. Also navigating my relationship with that, uh, you know, before that friend and then became my, my first girlfriend. Luckily, my extended family was really wonderful and then really supportive. And so I could lean on them when I couldn't lean on my parents a lot of times. My brother and his now wife at the time, girlfriend, were amazing and supportive and there for me as well, who there, you know, my brother is quite a bit older than me. And so he has kind of like a much older brother, mentor, role model kind of role. So I felt really lucky to have the support where I had it. And at the same time, it was really difficult to not have it where I expected it from my parents. You know, and I think that's something we don't talk about a lot because, you know, everybody's like, oh, they were crazy Christians or they were they were these conservative folks. But I have had so many people on my show and also with the clients that I work with, you know, parents that have been outwardly accepting and opening open of people. They don't think it's going to be a big deal at all. And then exactly what you said, Danielle, it is because, well, it's okay if somebody else's kid is queer, just my kid can't be queer. Like my, my parents are the most outward, outspoken, liberal, hippie, free love people like you could possibly imagine. And so I had this idea of what it would be like. And then I think for my parents, they had these beliefs that they held of what my life would be like as a queer person. They were worried about discrimination. They were worried about violence and harm. My mom definitely jumped into, well, that means you're never going to get married or have children. And then I'm not going to be a grandparent and kind of like what that would mean for her. Meanwhile, now, now that I'm in my thirties, I have two children. I have a spouse. <laughs> like All of those things still did happen for my parents. 
even though I came out as queer at 17. And so both of us, because we work with people, know that it's really normal for parents to do what your parents did. And first of all, one, you know, a lot of parents make it about them. And it's not about them. Also, too, it's a sense of grief, you know, because I always say that when people come out, you know, I, as you know, I work with people coming out later. So a lot of times when you're coming out later, you're grieving the life you had, the life you didn't have. And while when kids come out or even even themselves, they grieve what they thought their life was going to be. And a lot of times parents have a misunderstanding of like how a queer life can work. And so it sounds like your mom must be very happy with her two grandchildren right now. Yes, very happy. They're her life. (laughs) I actually, you'll laugh at this, but I actually just had a client that came out to her parents and she's 30 and it didn't go well. And her mom or one of her parents actually texted her and said, um, this is about us, not about you. And I thought, no. It's like laugh out loud, buddy, right? (laughs) And she laughed too, thank goodness. So tell me a little bit about your business, Danielle, and what you do. Uh, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed professional clinical counselor. Those are California-specific licenses. They're similar to other counseling licenses that are across the U.S. I have a private practice, so I own my own business. I work for myself and I work by myself. People always ask me if I'm interested in like taking on employees or having a, like a like incorporating and I adamantly, nope, I'm doing this because I like working just me and being able to be in charge of my business myself. I work primarily with the queer community, so LGBTQIA plus people. I work with a lot of polyamorous and non-monogamous people people who are kinky or have, you know, divergent sexualities. I also work with people who are neurodivergent a lot of times. So ADHD, people who are Mm -hmm. autistic. What I'm finding a lot is that a lot of those communities intersect. Absolutely. While I had these specialties like on their own as separate specialties, they show up in the same people. And so it really makes like a really nice fulfilling business and practice for me. As well, I also work with children and teens. And I was actually really nervous when I was marketing my business because I was thinking, well, if I make it really apparent on my website and my marketing materials that I work with queer, kinky, and polyamorous people, will people want me to also work with their children? Because some people are like, oh, she must only work with adults or something. But I'm also finding that the children whose families I really want to work with see those things on my website and are comfortable with that. And Mm. so I have a lot of children that are children of poly families and have many parents and parental figures. I work with children of parents who are kinky or queer and they feel safe bringing their kids to me, knowing that I'm open and understanding of their lives and the things their kids might bring. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I've been talking to a lot of people that are talking about the intersectionality between neurodivergent and queer folks. And I'd love to get your take on that. Why? Just because I'm really curious about that, because I've noticed that myself. And why do you think that is? So there hasn't been enough like empirical research yet for us to be like, here is the brain scan. And this is why I can't wait until we have that. Because I love I love that. But what my understanding and a lot of people that I've spoken to feel the same way is that People who are neurodivergent, autistic, 
ADHD and all kinds of different neurotypes see things as less like black and white and less on a binary Mm -hmm. because their brains function differently than a neurotypical person's brain does. They can see things and explore things in a different way. And so I think it is easier and comes more naturally for people who are neurodivergent to see gender as, you know, a spectrum as Mm -hmm. like beautiful rainbow spiral or circle where gender is kind of all over the place. There isn't just, you know, one, two or three choices. And I think the same thing comes for sexuality and kink and relationship dynamics as well, where it's not like they have these two choices. It's not like kinky or vanilla or it's monogamous or non-monogamous. It's like they see things for all of the possibilities because their brains allow them to see all of those possibilities. Mm -hmm. I've actually asked other people that and they've all answered pretty much similarly to that question. And I was just, I was just really curious your take on it. So what was really interesting to me when you were talking about your business is that you got really scared about promoting a piece of yourself and part of, part of business, like part of stepping out into the world or, you know, finding our purpose is like talking about things or being scared to say, Hey, this is what I do. And this is what I understand. And we're worried about, Oh, if I do this, then another, I will lose this market. Right. So you thought that, Oh, I'm going to do this. And I might lose this market with working with teens because parents will see this and they're like, ah, she just really works with adults or something like that. And so, well, how did you get over that fear? Because that happens to a lot of us. Like, you know, like I really, for example, I'm an ordained minister. I struggle showing up as an ordained minister in the queer community. I don't usually do it. I don't use my rev ever. And so I'm like, wonder, how did you get over that fear? I think there's the fear is still a little bit there. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to not be a little bit afraid of promoting and marketing myself in general, because that's like an uncomfortable part of business for me is that like being able to tell people like, this is what I do and I'm good at it. Come see me. But I think a bit, a big Part that helped is I have a business coach and I did a business coaching workshop with a whole group of other therapists. And that helped me a lot build my confidence, help with marketing and like get myself to be able to say things that I wasn't able to say before about myself and my business. It's also what's also been helpful is just seeing, seeing the evidence that what I believed and feared was not true. So my worry was People are not going to send their, you know, young kids or their teens to me because I also work with queer, poly, and kinky people. And what I'm finding is that I haven't gotten less referrals and contacts for young kids or teens at all. I've actually gotten more since I ramped up my marketing and my website and promoted my business more. So I'm out there more as who I am and who I work with. And I've actually gotten more referrals for kids under 10 and teens. Well, it sounds like, you know, part of my program that I do with purposeful empowerment is visibility matters. And it sounds like you embraced your visibility, but you also did it authentically. So, you know, you just showed up for who you are and who you work with. And, you know, my, I had a coach once that said there's 8 billion people in the world. (laughs) 
you know, we're always worried about a niche and, you know, but there's 8 billion people in this world and you found people that could really benefit from your services because you understand a lot of elements of polyamory, kink, LGBTQ, working with, working with kids. And those, as you said before, those kids often come from those families. And so I think it's so interesting, like something you were afraid of, it was actually a benefit. And so it's much easier to like select families and people that I want to work with because of someone who maybe is like evangelical and would not want someone who would come to you anyway, they would take, they would look at my website for 30 seconds and decide not to come to me. Yes. So the families and the individuals that do seek me out and do reach out to me, they are the people that do want to see me and know who I am authentically. And then we end up having a much better working relationship. Well, yes. The people that don't want to don't, that wouldn't bet would they self-select out, you know, they just self-select out. They look at your website. Nope, not for us. And they self-select out. So what are the biggest challenges right now in your business? Right now, because right now, as we're recording, it is the middle of summer. Mm -hmm. My biggest challenge right now is this summer slump that all therapists know about and talk about. And it's that everyone goes on vacation cancels appointments. A lot of people have money struggles in the summertime. And so they want to take some time off or they want to skip some sessions because they're having some financial difficulties. And so it's finding finding ways to keep my income stable and also find things to do with myself during the downtime that is still working on my business when I have several clients at the same time taking vacations or taking a little bit of time off from therapy. Yeah, that's I, I find that believe it or not, like my coaching business, the later in life coaching business honestly has seasons. Like when the first year I went through that, I didn't know that, but like, I find that I get my most clients in September and in December because the kids go back to school in September. And then December, that's when people say, I'm going to change my life this year, you know? And so I end up doing the most work I get. I'm my busiest month for my business has always been December. (laughs) And I like, I would have never, like, it wasn't until I've done this a couple of years that I realize it. And then also too often around March for some reason. And then those are my really super busy times. And that's when people all of a sudden want to make changes or they're into the new year and, you know, or maybe the resolutions didn't stick. And so... (laughs) That's when they start in March. That's when they start seeking someone out. So it's really interesting that I think that in the helping fields that we do have, we have busy times and we have slow times. And my seasons are exactly the same as yours. So it's September, rancher school starts, particularly for children and teens. They're struggling. Parents are struggling as well with kids and with jobs. And same thing with December. For me, it's usually like people are preparing. Either they just saw their family for Thanksgiving and like fall holidays, or they're preparing to see their family for winter holidays, like Christmas and Hanukkah. And so there's stress associated with that. And so there's a lot, a lot of people seeking out therapy around that time and Mm -hmm. a lot of, yeah, a lot of influx around that time. And also existing clients wanting to meet more often than they normally do because it's a high stress time. Yes. So what are you most proud of? That is such a broad question. I know. So you can pick anything out of it. <laughs> what What are you most proud of in your business? I am really most proud of starting at all. Mm-hmm. I think before I started my business, I worked for 
Sacramento County, where I live. I worked for nonprofit agencies. And I was really scared that if I started a business and left the security of those of those jobs, that I wouldn't succeed or that I would fail. And mm-hmm. so it was so scary to take that leap and you know quit that the job that I had right before I started my business and to just, okay, I'm going to do this. We're going to do it full force and full time. And it happened. So I'm proud that I took the leap and started to begin with and that four years later, I'm still going. So then this that begs the question. So what would be your piece of advice if somebody was going to take the leap? Because I know exactly what you're talking about. I've taken the leap several times and it's scary as heck. Gathering a really strong support system, Mm -hmm. emotional support, friends, family, your own therapist, your own business community or therapist community, and feeling like you're not doing this alone. Because I know people that do feel like you're doing it alone. It feels really isolating and it makes it that much scarier and anxiety inducing to do it. And if you have people cheering you on, if you have family, spouse, friends, you know, colleagues, past coworkers, people that are telling you you can do it, or people that have already done it telling you you can do it, it makes it a lot easier. Do you have, do you work with people online, Danielle, or do you just work in your local area? I do both. So I, I was full-time in person before COVID. Mm-hmm. I did pretty much two full years of only video and phone telehealth through COVID. And I very slowly reintroduced some in person with masks. Mm -hmm. And right now I do one in-person day a week and the rest of the week I do just video or phone. Do you just see clients in California or do you see them other places? I'm only able to see clients in California because Mm -hmm. my licenses are in California. Mm -hmm. And the way that works is the client has to reside in and be physically in California. Mm -hmm. See Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I was just checking because I know some therapists do see people on like a coaching model basis outside of the outside of the states that they're licensed in. And I was just curious if you had done that also. I have not. I do know. I do know plenty of therapists that are either therapists and coaches or they're just coaches like life coaches or relationship coaches. And that gives them a lot more freedom to mm-hmm. see people everywhere. I think for me, because I, again, I'm more comfortable with rules and boundaries and guidelines and like knowing exactly where I stand. That again, feels a little bit too scary for me to, to do, but it's, it's a possibility at some point. Yeah. Right now, the coaching world is a wild west show. So <laughs> it really is. When there's more regulation, I think I'd actually be more comfortable with it. Well, yeah, right now, anybody can hang a coach sign up and and it's really interesting too, because I've worked with a couple coaches as for coaches for me. And at first I was, I'm just going to say I was a bit of a snob and I have met um, some really amazing people that are incredible coaches that just through life experience or through just a lot of self-work, taking courses here and there are really good at what they do. And so um, it really expanded my mind because, and so I would hate to lose people like that because they don't have a certain degree or accreditation or something like that. And so, you know, I just, I was such a learning experience for me and being like really, really amazed by some people, truly, truly. I had the same experience with coaches that I refer to for relationships and also business coaches that I've worked with or that I've known people that I've worked with too, that are just so amazing. And again, it, it would be a shame for them to not be able to do the work that they're doing because of a rule or regulation that they don't follow or fit. Mm -hmm. So tell me, how can people find you? 
You can find me at my website, which is Danielle Greenspan, LMFT, LPCC.com. My email is contact at Danielle Greenspan, LMFT, LPCC.com. You can also find all of my contact information on my website. I have an Instagram account that is at the silly therapist as well. And you're the silly therapist. I'm the silly therapist. Yes. (laughs) Well, you're also a delightful therapist. So Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was really nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. I had a great time. You've been listening to Queer Business Success, the podcast that highlights LGBTQIA plus businesses. New episodes are published regularly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other listening platforms. Wherever you're listening, take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? Want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us? We'd love to have you on the show. Just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest. Until next time, queer friends and allies, keep taking care of business.